0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So, John 8 is where we'll be, and my introductory idea is kind of a question, have you ever had an is-that-really-what-I-look-like moment? Have you ever seen yourself in a picture or had an image? And now for most of us, these are not pleasant moments. Like I'll see myself like in a, a video or a promotional thing or something, and I'll think, dang, my belly really sticks out that far. And I really work on it, or right? Or for me, I go, how many chins do I have? Or seriously, my hair is that, do you ever have those moments where you're like, come on, and that's really what I look like? Now for some of you, a few of you, it might be a pleasant thought where you look and go, dang, I am hot. (laughs) But for those of you who feel that way, we don't get it, but that's awesome for you. (laughs) But it's that dose of reality, you may not experience that, um, just like in, when you, in the physical realm, maybe financially, have you ever had a dose of reality where you all of a sudden go, oh no, this is where we're at financially? Or you know, maybe some of you have a, whoa, whoa, we're in a great place financially. But the idea is, well, it's gonna, it's gonna bring up a question, and uh, we'll put the question up. How eager am I to know the truth? You might say, well, it depends. But how eager am I to know the truth? Couple thoughts. Sometimes I think there's a little resistance because it's a little easier just to live in our own little, you know, I still still think I'm. And if you feel like you're younger than you are, and then you see a picture and think, dang, how, I am totally not that. None of you feel? It's just me. Okay. Well, the rest of you are doing it. But anyway, so there's some resistance to actually dealing with reality, but I would, where we're going to head here is I would submit to you, it is always better to live in the realm of the truth. It is better for us to know our honest financial situation than to live in some dream world about what going on. It's better to know physically where I'm at so that I can try to do something to make it better. It's better to know relationally where you stand so that if you're doing something irritating to your friend or your spouse, it's better to know that so you cannot do the irritating thing to your friend or your spouse. Truth is good. Turn to the person to your right or left and say, truth is good. Truth is, it's good. you so, No, just lie to me. No, truth, it really is good. How open are we to the truth? By the way, God is clearly into truth. Isaiah 65, 16, he is called the God of truth. In Titus 1, 2, it's talking of, speaking of God, it says, which God who does not lie. Jesus, in his Self-description says, "I am the way, and the truth, and the life." In John one seventeen, we're just going to hit quite a few of these. It says, "Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." One more. First Timothy two four, it says of God that He wants all people to be saved. And he wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth. So hold that thought. We are kicking off this weekend a series called, Who Told You That? Grappling with Popular Delusions. And uh, the bulk of our series is going to be dealing with specific Bible texts where God says, do not be deceived, and then he's going to tell us really important things. My assumption is God says that because we have a tendency to be deceived in certain areas. So that's the bulk of the uh, series, but today we're going to look at our uh, theme verse to try to lay a foundation for the next six, seven, eight weeks, and it's a pretty simple verse. If you've been around the church or Bible, you may have heard of it before from John 8, beginning in verse 31. Now if you need the context here, Jesus is basically right in the thick of his teaching ministry. He's trying to teach people about reality and God and spiritual things and relationships. He's trying to teach them how to navigate life and eternity well. And he says, verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then this is the verse we'll dwell in today. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And from that sentence, I'm going to try to bring two motivations for us to really want the truth in our lives. Because that makes a big difference. Like if, you, if you're open to it and you want it, you'll get more of it. And if you resist it and would rather live in la-la land, then you can live there, okay? So we we wanna be, I would hope that we would want to know the truth. So uh, let me pause and pray, and then we'll uh, give you a couple ideas from that text. Father, I uh, pray that not just today, But over the next weeks, our eyes would be open to more and more and more of the black and white, true or a lie, realities that affect us can affect us, our relationships, our finances, our our families, uh, all aspects of our life and our eternity. So uh, today, I just pray that you'd somehow... Uh, woo us so that we would be willing to engage in the pursuit of more truth. Talk to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Two things, two reasons to want truth that I want to talk about today. The first one is this. We should want the truth because the truth brings helpful, if you want to write something down, helpful clarity. You just write clarity. I'd put helpful in there. Helpful clarity. If you're at home, you may want to write that down. We've already kind of touched on this, I think, with the beginning thoughts. But I want to the reason I want to emphasize it is because of the meaning of this word truth in our verse. Now, by the way, you can trust the Bible, and if the Bible is talking about truth, it's talking about truth. But sometimes if you study a little deeper, you can kind of get the different shades or colors or, of what that word might help, might mean in a little deeper level. Do you understand? So I'm not saying this is not what the word means. It's just kind of helpful sometimes. So here's the word in the original language. It looks like that in the Greek, Uh, and it means truth, but not merely spoken truth, so it's not just being honest. It's truth of idea, reality, morality, and then I like this last phrase, it's reality as opposed to illusion. It's reality as opposed to illusion, and I'd submit to you that clarity is better than illusion. Story. Story. When I was in college, I worked at a uh, bowling alley, pool hall, and, and arcade. Now, those of you who are younger, back in the day, that we had arcade. We didn't all have our own gaming system, so we would actually go places, and we'd go into arcades. Some of you remember this? Some of you young people are like, what the heck? No, you went places, and you would shovel quarters into machines, and you would play at, does anybody remember that? And we'd look out the windows and see the dinosaurs walking by, because it was forever ago, and we would be playing these with this little joystick. Okay, it was forever ago. So I would, was the guy at the arcade that would help, you know, people would come up, and we'd, I'd give them quarters, they'd give me time. But I, uh, back then, I was becoming a Christian, and I uh, typically like would enjoy people, so I had some friendships with the high schoolers that would come in and hang out at the arcade, and I remember one specific young man, I wish I remembered his name, I don't, and he came in one day, and here's what he said to me. He said, Mark, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And he said, my girlfriend thinks she's pregnant. She couldn't be, right? <laughs> and it was the way, and I so, I, so I basically, I got a little clarity, I said, well, Fred, whatever you're doing. I said, tell me what you've been doing. (laughs) So he described uh, what they have been doing, and I said, oh yeah, she could totally be pregnant. And I remember his face was like, and he was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I remember thinking, no, you're kidding yourself. Young man, of course, you, she could be like, and here's where, why I tell the story. Gosh, it would have been helpful for him to have clarity on that earlier rather than later in life. Like, oh, bio, so I did like this little biology class with him. Let's we you know this is how it works. I would have thought you would know it by now, but apparently not. Right? Clarity is super helpful to us, it helps us avoid stuff, right? In my own life, uh, 20 years ago-ish, uh, I was uh, doing ministry, and we were planting the church, and I was working hard at trying to become a communicator. You know, you got to work on sermons and try to keep people awake and be helpful and all that stuff. So, so my Saturdays, because then we just had uh, Sunday services, I would, a lot of Saturdays, I would be working hard and focused and sometimes frustrated, you know, like, this is stupid sermon and blah, blah, all that stuff. And I overheard my kids talking out in the living room one morning on a Saturday morning. And I don't remember exactly how it went. But one of them said something about, oh, it's Saturday. And then the other one said, oh, Saturday, dad will be angry all day. (laughs) And I was trying to be a good dad and all that stuff. And I remember, I don't know that I'll ever forget that moment. Because the truth was, I didn't realize it, but the truth was, I was angry dad on Saturdays. Like they, and by the way, they weren't exploring it. It was a proven fact. Like they were going, yep. Yeah. so basically avoid dad. It's Saturday. But that truth, the reality when they said that, which they were right. I'm like, oh gosh, that Truth, the clarity there helped me a ton. Not because I, at that point, I remember I repented, changed. I like that is not when I want my kids to grow up thinking, Oh, great, it's Saturday, that right? It was really helpful for me to know the truth about that and about me. And here's the great thing about God if you want to just know some theology about God, God lives in this place of perfect clarity on all situations. He is just, he is the truth and he brings truth. You can write this in, it's not a great fill in the blank. But if you're on site, God lives in the land of perfect clarity. Perfect clarity. There is nothing gray or confusing from his perspective. Now that doesn't mean we always see it that way, but he has clarity on everything and he, well, verse, Bible verse. Hebrews 4.13, in case you don't know this, it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Everything, it's all perfectly clear to God, and the good news, is, if you embrace it, the good news is, when God comes to the table, he brings that clarity to us. So how this works, and I don't know if this will connect with some of you, but as I was thinking about this, I was grateful that understanding God and understanding the Bible makes many things in life clearer than if you don't know it. So I'm going to uh, explore a couple of things. I just thought about physical creation. And if you want to know what God what's laid, what's what God says and what the truth is, the Bible says that God, here you go, try to figure out creation folks. Let me just sum it up in what God would say. God spoke creation into existence in 7 days. It's what the Bible says. Now you may think I'm strange, I actually believe that. I don't understand all the nuances of that. I believe that happened. And just so you know and you can, you can think differently, you know what, that actually makes more sense to me, more clear clear to me than some of the alternative conversations that happen all around us. There's more edge or truth to God, it took seven days, God spoke because he is all powerful and the Creator, and He is organ, and He spoke it, and it came into being. That makes that gives me more traction in life than well, about a hundred thousand years ago, or, or a million years ago, or a billion years ago, and then there was this bang thing. And by the way, if you explore, it's the Big Bang theory, and it just it that just they don't have a there's not a lot of traction. It's just something happened, and then in the midst of all that with whether it's a million or a billion years or 500,000, or all that stuff. And then at some point, this is really kind of fuzzy. At some point, some mucousy kind of thing, like rolled up on the beach, got some static electricity, maybe a lightning bolt, and then this thing, like came alive, and the thing where this falls apart for me is it came alive, but it didn't die, it actually came alive, started separating, became, right, this whole, and what here's what, in my mind, this is just my mind, you can believe what you, in my mind, I go with the God thing. Because this this does not make, there are holes, this does not make sense to me. All, all power for God created, okay, that, I can I believe that more. I just trust that. It just, seven days, God spoke, it's clearer to me. So you can talk about physical creation. You can talk about identity. Here's what the Bible would say, God would say about you and I. You are created by God with love in the image of God. That's what God says about you. Can I tell you whether you believe it or not? I'm going to tell you. Ha! <laughs> you were created by God in the image of God. You are not just an extremely intellectual animal. You are made Absolutely different from other things God created because you bear in your mind, in your heart, in your abilities, your the image of God. That's who you are. That gives you track, that gives me more traction in life than some alternative thing that changes and shifts. Let's talk about spiritually. We are sinful, we all fall short, we all sin. We, every single person, you have done things that have hurt you. You have done things that have hurt other people. You have done things that are an offense to God. Every single one of us. That's clear, but we can be saved through Jesus Christ, who pays for our sin. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus and one of the things that I was dwelling on yesterday, I thought I am so glad that God does not make declarative statements like that and then at the end in parentheses say maybe, like I'm so glad when it says things like confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, maybe. There are not a lot of maybes in God's vocabulary. He says it and it's true because it's all clear to him I hope, I think, I in heaven, things that seem fuzzy now will be perfectly clear in a moment when we pass into eternity. It'll be, I think for some, it'll be a joy. For others, it'll be, oh, crap. Whoa. But, but the point is, God brings clarity, and I'm hopeful that it is a helpful thing to us. By the way, just because it's clear doesn't mean it's easy. I was, I was uh, in a conversation. I, have, I was just proud of a young lady in the church who is um, trying to be a good wife, and uh, she said, as she's been exploring that, God, she said God brought to mind a scripture. And here's the scripture that came to mind, and there's a lot of truth in this scripture. You ready? Proverbs 21:19. and she said this. She said, better to live on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. That's true. Guys, you might not want to say amen really loudly <laughs> right now. But I'm telling you, That's got an edge of clarity and truth. Like that's the kind of stuff God says in the Bible. And that is just true. It brings truth into a situation. I was so proud of her because she then, that was helping her have traction. She actually, I'm not sure she was happy that God brought it to mind, but it was helpful to her as she wants to be a good wife. Does that make sense? Here's a fill in the blank. You can write this in. Clarity from God is not hard to find this is worth really thinking about it 's not hard to find clarity from God, but it is sometimes hard to do Wednesday I left the office early. I was going to come back and preach at Vineyard school of Min- or teach at Vineyard School of Ministry, so I had a couple hour block and I went home and uh, I had been noticing that my neighbor across the street, her name's Darlene, she's super sweet and uh, she's a little bit older and she's got some physical limitations so she walks in a walker, uh, on a, with a walker and uh, a storm had taken down a pretty big limb in her yard and so just so you know, the truth, like the clarity of God's will for my life was very, was clear for me. I knew that I was supposed to go over and take my little chainsaw and, you know, pick up that branch. Like, it wasn't hard. Doing it was harder than knowing what I should do. And so I got my little chainsaw out, and I went over, and, and but here was the hard part. I got over there, and uh, I like chainsaw stuff. I'm like, hey, this should be fun. But when I got over there, this was the hard part, the harder part. I went from the one place, when I got over to Yard, and I went around the back, there was a whole bunch of down limbs. I'm like, oh, No. I really was super like, you got to be kidding me. And so I cut up the one, and then I, as I remember, as I was dragging these limbs back, I I ended up having a conversation with God. I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And God was really clear. He brought this verse to mind, Colossians 3.23. Here's what God's clarified in my mind. He said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Like, ah, come on! Do I have to carry all the branches back? And just to be honest, I didn't really do a great job. I did a little extra. I probably probably need to go over and finish it. Because there was stuff everywhere. It wasn't hard to know God's will. It's just hard to do it. So I'll finish up this idea, bring it into the room. Again, the question, how eager am I for God's clarity? And then the second question, sometimes this is the bigger one, how willing am I to respond to it? And I, can I encourage you? When God brings clarity, respond to it. One of the messages coming up is going to be, do not be deceived. Uh, a man reaps what he sows. When you do what God brings clarity for you to do, that sets a stage for a better tomorrow. So the truth brings helpful clarity, I wanna hit one more. The truth brings personal freedom. The end of our verse says the truth will set you free, right? Then you will know the truth, and the truth, I'm sorry, yeah, did you get that down? Personal freedom, I went too fast. Personal, P-E-R-S-O-N-N-A-L-L-L, freedom, F R E D. freedom, uh, uh, then you'll know the truth, then the truth will set you free. Theologically, two things primarily, I want to talk about one is uh, uh, the setting you free. One of the main emphasis of that is to set you free from sinful stuff, habits that's, that are in your life. So when I realize the truth that I'm sinning against my kids at times by being angry, by the way, you can be angry and not sin. That wasn't the case with me. Uh, I, so I was, so anyway. So when I become aware of the truth, then God says, I'm not just gonna point it out, I'm gonna empower you, and then you're gonna be set free from things that were holding you back. The same way with the young wife who wants to be a good wife when she realizes better to live on the corner of the roof than to live in the inside with a coral Like the truth helps her resist, repent, and change sinfully. But I wanna spend the last bit of our time talking about this other area of freedom that I believe God wants to bring to our lives and uh you're gonna have probably hang with me in this last little bit i'm gonna go to hebrews 12 1 it says let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles right can you picture that sin that so easily entangles and a lot of times we think of physical or outward sinful things But I want to talk about something that it feels like I'm observing and I've experienced in my life. They're not outward sins. They're what I would call emotional entanglements, where stuff gets all tangly up in our minds, and it drags us down. It it captures us and takes us places of bondage. Okay, I want to talk. About that. If you need an example, a biblical example, in Mark chapter 5, there's a story of a man who was suffering from physical chains. It says that he had often been chained hand and foot. So there's a physical aspect, but some of his bondages or challenges are not physical. It says in verse 5 night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. He is so entangled in his mind that he is cutting himself. And we know that in today's terms. Some of you think, oh, that's a new thing. That's not a new thing. This guy was so something that he's hurting himself. So that's a biblical example. And what I would submit to you is he's in emotional entanglements now, the good news is by the end of the story, he gets free, right? The truth will set you free. He gets free from not just the physical change, but all the emotional junk that's, I don't want to overestimate, but it's like killing him. It's not, it may not be killing him, right? Are you with me on how horrible this picture is? And where I'm going is, this, does not make, this, this makes me sad. It feels like in present day, there is an epidemic of emotional entanglement happening. Now, I know I'm the old guy, but things have not gotten better over the last 20 years. There are more and more and more, especially, and I'm not trying to single you out, but especially next generation or next generation people, that their primary, none of them are in chains, physical chains, you know, but there's this emotional thing that's getting worse and worse and where we're gonna head is we gotta get more truth of God into that so that our kids or our young adults are not suffering with this emotional stuff. Can I give you an example? I talked to a young person uh, it was this week, last week, and this is my perception of what was going on in uh, their life. They were feeling guilty because they were white and had a mom and a dad that both worked. And they were beginning to wrestle with feeling guilty about what could have been a blessing of, like, I remember being confused, like, what? But they were wrestling with an emotional entanglement. I'm like, you wait a minute. You should be grateful for God's goodness in your life. Not because you're white, but because you like the, does that make sense? Now, the flip side is that also is we're, we're talking to a lot of people. Maybe you're, you didn't have a mom and dad that was, that was in like, a, a great situation. Or you may be white, black, whatever. And we are, they're beginning to be hopeless. There's no hope for me because of st- And I'm like, this is getting all whacked out. Because in Christ, if you know the truth, no matter where you're at, God has hope for your life. And what's happening is we're not getting that truth in there, and our kids and young people are getting sucked into my observation. There are a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of folks, this is not just young people, we're depressed and we don't even know why, but our minds are getting all tangled up with junk. Or, this is happening. There'll be a young, young guy, his only responsibility, this is the big challenge in his life, navigate, navigate, be a fifth grader. And the anxiety from that is arguably crushing him. And not just some of you know, I know, I'm the, that's new. Like what are, you're in fifth grade, you should, you know, you're, tw- you know, you're 11, 12, 13, your big worry should be like a zit. This should not be, this should not be that hard. And I don't, I wish I had more clarity on all this. I'm kind of just presenting this issue. One, there's two reasons. One, if you're living in this world, Jesus Christ has hope for you, no matter what your background and what, you need to get the truth of God because it gives you traction against the entanglement junk of life. The second is, if you're, uh, aware of this. and other, we got to start praying more for the truth of God into the next generation because they are struggling with this emotional entanglement stuff. That's just, I'm asking you to pray more about this stuff because we need to do that for our young people. And it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better without the truth of God. The truth of God brings clarity and traction for life. you can write this in in a world of increasing emotional entanglements we need God to speak freeing truths so that when someone posts something about us we have enough of God's truth in our life and we know our identity comes from God and you can say what you want about me and I'm okay. But you gotta have something in there. By the way, side note, you gotta know enough Bible to affect your mind. We've got to know more, enough Bible to combat the, the, the other stuff. We need to know things like in, uh, in Romans eight thirty seven. Uh, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God will empower us to make it through. We need to know things like Revelation 12.10 that describes the devil as an accuser of brothers and sisters. He'll just accuse you of stuff. He'll tear you down in your mind. We need to know Matthew 11.29 where Jesus said, Learn from me and you will find rest for your soul. We got a bunch of people that are in turmoil, turmoil in their soul. How are you going to get out of that? You got to learn some things from God. Because he cares about our soul. By the way, biblically thinking, our soul is connected to our mind. It's our inner thing. Last fill in the blank. Am I submitting my emotional chains to the truth of God? You should. Last story. Because I'm gonna, at the end of this, I'm gonna pray a prayer over here for people that struggle with emotional entanglements, which I think is fairly common. Um, Testimony from my life, I was 40 years old. My father struggled with anxiety and depression several times in his life. Uh, For seasons. And toward the end of his life, it took a lot of his life away. You know, he spent a lot of time struggling with those things. So when I became 40, I started having some increases of anxiety and sadness in my life. And I remember thinking, maybe you've had thoughts like this. (laughs) I thought, oh, no. I thought, oh, no. I am going to become a bigger mess than I already am. And so I began to pray about that. Long story short, I was praying with a friend of mine, and in the midst of a time of prayer, you may have experienced things like this. God spoke to me, I didn't hear his voice, but he spoke to me, and there is such a difference between when God says something to you and when someone else says something to you. And he said something really simple, just this little truth thing. He said, Mark, you are not your dad. Which, by the way, like, that's just true. Can I just tell you? You're not your mom. You're not the same as your. You're not the same as the person, right? You're you, and he, God just said you are not your dad. And here's what I can tell you about that moment. It changed my emotional entanglements from that point on. Now, do am I am I uh, and now I'm perfect mentally? No, that's not true. <laughs> Why'd you laugh so quickly? Um, but I can tell you that laying of that truth. Change. This is not an overstatement. It changed my life. Like, and I still go back to that if I start to be sad. I think, oh, wait, I remember when the Lord told me I'm not. It, does that make sense? Man, there's power when God speaks truth into our lives. and We need it. So hopefully we can pursue more of it together. Why don't you stand?